0: Forty nine is deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, D Clark. Garrison Hurts, Stiff Farm 99, don't get it twisted, run it all with five time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline, ADB, greatest owner of all time, boom, Walgreen, Bell Bella check with all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever
1: forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49th of Faithful UK show. It is a buying week, so this week we're going to be answering questions. And as normal, I'm joined by Najee Kara. Good evening. Gareth Ellis. Good evening. And Paul Hope. Good evening. Right, so guys, the, the last episode seemed to be um, quite well received. <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure whether or not that was my rant uh, that did that or not. I wouldn't exactly call it a rant, I was just pointing out facts about um, what what I believe has been some of Shanahan's shortcomings um, since he, he took over as head coach. So
2: constructive criticism is called. exactly. I
1: think. <laughs> yes, constructive criticism. So, following on from that, I put a post in the group asking if there's any questions that uh, you'd like us to discuss on the bi-week show, and we've had a few. We've had a few responses. So we'll get straight into them. Um, the first question is from Neil Graham, and it is: Do you think the Niners need a change of attitude? Can you imagine Belichick putting up with some of the singing and dancing during practice and pre-game warm-ups and loud music playing through practices too?
2: Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's a good question. I don't know. Um, I think I think you can go the other way and alienate other people. I think it's kind of a choice that a head coach makes. Um, I don't think it means you're necessarily less serious about what you're doing. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of players, if you're going to cite Belichick, um, that can't really play in that system because they just don't enjoy the. They don't feel like it's a, a fun thing to do. Um, I don't know. I don't think the attitude is, is the problem. Um, but, y- you know, maybe we need players that align with the attitude more and I don't know it's a, it's a lot of players it's a lot of coaches you're not going to please anybody no matter what you do anyway so I mean if it works for Kyle the coaches and the players there then I don't I don't I don't know um, it wouldn't bother me I think you know it's trying to have fun as well as being competitive is a it's a good way to go about it I think Yeah. Gareth, do you oh, think yeah. maybe it shows lack of seriousness but I don't I don't think.
3: No, I, I I don't know that it's hugely different from maybe a lot of other teams out there. Maybe, maybe the Patriots are, are slightly different and some of the coaches are a bit more old school, but I, I also think there's, you know, there's a, there's an awful lot of standing around, uh, you know, the players can lose focus, uh, you know, if I, it doesn't bother me at all if they're if they're dancing and messing about. They're they're enjoying it. It's it's team bonding. That you know, and from a purely physical point of view, of course they're they're not getting cold. So, yeah. uh, you know, good point. Just, I, I, I don't don't see it as as. As something that's that's potentially a, a, an issue if players players are focusing and performing and listening to their coaches. If if they're messing about and and slacking off or, or missing missing time for for some sort of fun activities, then yeah, that is potentially a problem. But um, it, it's not something that that bothers me in the slightest. Paul, any thoughts on uh, your coaching style?
0: I mean. It's been well documented, hasn't it? The players like to play for Shanahan. One thing, I know as a fan base we're all frustrated the way the season's gone. But when I thought about this question when Lee dropped it in the group a couple of hours ago, uh, <laughs> I started to think about um, you don't see our players like yelling at each other, throwing helmets at each other. The train, Jimmy. Jimmy seems to be supporting him. When Trey got his first touchdown, Jimmy was there high-fiving him. And I believe... Kyle Shanahan has set the tone from the top. You know, you, you look at the video in pre-season, it's been well-documented, you know, the throwaway, got it into the oven from the other side of the row. And he's a younger coach. And like Nadji said, to compare Kyle Shanahan now to Belichick, yes, of course, as things Belichick probably wouldn't allow. But like you said, Gareth, i never thought of it like that way. The dancing and jumping around, they're not getting called. Um, I think, Neil is frustrated that it appears as a general lack of focus from the yeah. team. And I think he's identified, you know, seeing the players jumping up and down. But yesterday I sat down and watched Red Zone and the other games, bye week. Other teams do it. Other teams yeah. are messing about at the start and headphones on. And I think it's just a generational thing. So it doesn't, doesn't frustrate me. But equally, I can kind of understand why he's thinking, you know, he's putting that together and one thing we all love about the NFL we've all got our opinion but to answer his question no I'm not worried at the moment um on the back of Lee's epic rant last week I think we are demonstrating on this pod we are Kyle Shanahan fans but we're not saying he's open to criticism and we do we've all said we want to see a better team moving forward What's your thoughts, Lee? Because I'm sure people are more interested in your answer to this question <laughs> yeah. than anything.
2: He's going we... to have I, a 25-minute yeah. rant about this. I,
1: I'm not entirely sure <laughs> if that's correct. but um, So I'm going to partially agree with what you've all said, mainly because I can also see Neil's point of view. So i want to call out two players. So Kendrick Bourne last season and Brandon Ayuk this season. They both had problems with um, dropping easy passes. And for me, if I was coach and I rocked up to practice after a game where Brandon Ayuk has dropped passes and he's on the sideline waiting for his um, positional group to do some drills, and he's there with a, a... I don't know what you call it nowadays. I'm going to show me a A mm-hmm. boom box, a ghetto blaster, and he's dancing away. If I was Carl Shanahan, I'd be saying, you can cut that shit out until you can catch the ball. Once you're catching that ball consistently, then you're going to take this serious because you're not doing it at the moment. But as I said, I can also partially agree with yourselves. I come from a background where I've had to lead large teams of people and you can't treat everybody exactly the same because they respond differently. Some people respond to being called out and being given a good old ass kicking and they respond better to that. Others don't. Others, you have to actually put the arm around the shoulder and The the two never seem to see eye-to-eye. So if if somebody's getting an arse-kicking, they'll be saying, well, why are you putting your arm around his shoulder? Well, because I know he responds to that and I know you respond to the Mm arse-kicking. So I I know how to get the best out of you. It's not because I don't like you that I'm doing this. It's because you need to realise how your players respond. So I think there needs to be some fun and enjoyment in it. Otherwise, they're going to hate it. And from all accounts... A lot of people who's played for um, the Patriots have hated doing so under Belichick because of the way he runs practices, yeah. um, which yeah. makes it interesting because Kendrick Bourne's there now and, and he was one of the main people who liked to dance about, as, yeah. as Neil had said. So, yeah, I, I can see it from both ways. If we were consistently getting beat because of sloppy player, then, yes, I'd be saying, right, let's cut this music on, let's get focused, let's move forward. Once we get that consistency back, then I might loosen the reins again and let you enjoy it a bit more. But at the moment, people seem to be taking the eye off the ball, especially Brandon Ayuk. He seems to be taking his eye off the ball because he's had some really easy drops during pre-season. Now, they've come out and said he's not where he should be at the moment. not entirely sure what that means. I could could make an assumption. I think he's maybe come back off last season, thinking, well, I'm the B's knees now. I'm, I'm the number one right, mm. wide receiver. I don't need to give it as much effort as some of the others. Or he may have come back a little bit overweight because he does look a little bit overweight compared to last season. So really? I, th- I think there's this sort of aspect to it. It's a, it's a little bit like Dundee Pettis. Dundee Pettis came back and he was overweight. He, he yeah. didn't put the effort in on the off season. And I think Brandon Ayukes made exactly the same mistake. And that, coupled with the drops that he had in preseason, I think he—he he is in the doghouse. Let, let's face it; he is definitely in the doghouse. He might be yeah. on that field, but he's not getting the targets.
2: Yeah, but you know, I think every second-year player that we ever had has been to the doghouse. I think Debo talked about it. I mean, if we pivot to talk about Brandon ayu because it seems to be a hot topic anyway, I think you know, it, maybe it's Carl's way to, you know, as you say give him an ass kicking or putting his arm around there and just see how he responds to it. Um, And so far it's not responded well. Hopefully he's not going to go down to Petty's way and he's going to go Debo's way. But, you know, in terms of like music and dancing about some people just need it. Some people need to, you know, lose themselves in something else because I mean, I don't know. We do it at practice. We've got music and stuff. And sometimes it it helps you focus on on what you're doing because it's, you know, it's almost the same music every week, so it kind of sends you back into the zone. Like, oh, right, yeah, we're playing f- football. And so, that's what, So that's while, what I that, while, while I agree
1: with that, while I agree with that, I'll say I only partially agree with that. So everybody's got different tastes yeah, in music. Absolutely. Yeah. So one person's music might annoy another person and they're oh, not yeah, going to concentrate because they're going to hear this. Well, so, I think it just,
2: as I said, I think it becomes a soundtrack of what you're doing rather than... Than for you to listen to it's you know same as in a movie you don't really listen to the music but it's there to help you set the mood i think that's what that's what it's there for to put you in that zone where right it's time to play football let's crank the tunes and it's that i i see it that way and some some people really fry on it because it gets them pumped some people just blurry in the background and don't really pay attention to it because it's music and you can do that so i don't know i think I don't see it as a distraction. I don't see it as a lack of seriousness. Um, but as you said, I think if, if it starts trans- transpiring on the field and people, you know, players aren't looking focused and making easy mistakes because they're not paying attention, then then it becomes a problem. But I, think, I don't think we're quite there yet.
0: You could answer his question a different way, Lee. You mentioned it on another post I seen earlier in the week. We're a couple of players away from we could be sat a five and team. And people will probably laugh when I say that. We've talked yeah. about it the last few weeks. So if we're sat here five and oh, are we discussing the atmosphere in the locker room? Because you'd be thinking five and oh looking pretty good. And I think as well, I think where, where he's coming from, it's well documented that Shanahan is very ruthless when it comes to development of the younger players. And also with him being a wide receiver himself in college, he seems to be very ruthless. Like you said, Pettis. IU seems to be in the doghouse so I think it's good to ask the question but like you said I, I'm not getting too hung up on it at the moment I just wanted to throw that in before we move on to the next one
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem Okay, so let, let's move on to the next one So Richard Jones has asked two questions Let's go with the first one Do you think we should target anyone before the trade deadline?
2: Well, uh, I don't think so We can't really afford anyone, can we? So... um there's no big name that jumps at me, especially with, you know, Dre coming back and Kiel coming back and, you know, has been healthy. Um, there is a serious shortage of running back in the league anyway, so I don't see anyone that we could snap up. Um, Gareth, do you have anybody in mind? Not, I mean, not a
3: specific player, but when...
2: What's position, maybe?
3: Yeah, the corner. The, one, the guy mm. who just left the Patriots wanted the big money. Gilmore. Gilmore, be. Uh, it's just, he, um, You know, they got him for a sixth round pick. Fair enough, you've, you've got to pay him. But yeah, that's, we, that's we're a looking choice. to pay a, a corner next year anyway, because I, I doubt it's going to be for Wett. So to me, that sort of player, as long as they had enough left left in the tank, maybe if we can get a guy coming to the end of a contract who isn't going to get paid, who can be picked up for for some late round draft picks, um, and, and is a guy that we're, we're set up to pay... Then, yeah, I think corner is is the one position that that yeah, sort of leaps out. Um, that it, I'm may- just
2: um, I'm just worried. Uh, you know, we don't we don't have that many draft picks coming up, and we do have you know quite a lot of free agent things. It's another question coming up, so we can talk about it then. But we don't really have much capital to trade. I think if we want to you know keep building the team, um, I think it would be a dangerous game to try and get good now and you know we're we're not really playing that good anyway so I don't think I don't think getting a superstar corner is going to change us putting points in the first half for instance so
3: you are then relying on that fifth sixth round draft pick being a starter yeah that's true So, so you've got to find the starter from somewhere you either trade the sixth round pick for a proven starter or you take a chance
2: that's true that's very true
3: what about you, Paul? Fancy some shopping this autumn? <laughs> well, got a couple of jerseys
0: I need to replace an a joke. Like you said, the, the difficulty with this question is you think straight away, don't you? If you're playing Madden and you turn the salary cap off, you know, you think Buckner, love to see him back. Wish we'd never got rid of him, but I can understand the business side. I seen an interesting one this afternoon. Cleveland comes to mind, apparently. If Baker Mayfield is injured and they come knocking for Jimmy, is it something we would do? Don't know who they would offer. There's, there's rumours of Odell o- 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 Beckham Jr. I'm not saying that's who I want. I'm just saying they're looking at purely the logistics of them giving us him and you know his contract. But like you said, Nadia, it's a difficult one because we haven't got much cap space. We haven't got any first-round picks the next couple of years. And the teams that tend to trade are in win-now mode. And we don't know where we're going to be. We could be winning the next two games and being back where we wanted. Or it could go the other way. And like you said, do you then write the season off and keep all of the draft picks? So I haven't got anyone in mind, but what about you, Lee? Are you gonna come along and drop a bomb for us all?
1: No, I wouldn't call it a bomb. Um I've got I've got a player in mind and I think it's a position where we're not particularly strong in depth. Um he wouldn't cost us that much. Oh, I think we could easily get him for a seventh round pick. Um maybe he's not in next year's seventh round pick, maybe he's twenty twenty three seventh round pick. Um, But I would actually go for Jamie Collins, linebacker, the Patriots. Mm. He's 32. I I think from what I gather, from what I remember, he's on about 2 million. We are 5 million under the cap. So that'll leave us 3 million for injuries for the rest of the season to uh, swap practice squad players in and out, that type of thing. And I think that just makes us that little bit... Deeper. Deeper, linebacker. And I think his experience as well would be really good. Um, other than Jamie Collins, the only other person I could think of, and it's probably... I think he's on about three and a half million at the moment. Um, and the the reason I think I can get these players cheap is because they're all going to be free agents next year. And these are coming from teams who have got a losing record at the moment. That That's the the thought process that was going through my head. So the only other person... And it's going back to the cornerback position again. Would be Desmond King the second from the Texans. He's only twenty seven and he's been playing really, really well. He's a free agent next year. He's under our cap. It'll make the cap a little tight, but I think it's doable. And he returns again, as well. <laughs> does he? Yeah.
2: Know oh, yeah, he's a punt returner. And a kick returner. Um yeah, that's a good that's good names. Uh, I think Jimmy Collins signed Back with the Patriots,
1: though, if he I did. remember correctly, he, he, he did sign back with the Patriots, but it was a one-year deal, right?
2: Yeah, okay. So, so he was free agent.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, good names. It's true. Yeah, it's just um, yeah. There's not much market this this season. I mean, I'm no, sure we'll not. see some 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 crazy trade up. T- tell you what, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind us having Zach Hurt. I'm very surprised he went for Oslo as he did. Um, I think that could have been quite nice having you know. George Kittle and Zach Kurtz um, on the field at the same time could have been could have been something that you know shift the focus of the defense a little bit helps us score points. Um, that would have been nice. I was kind of I just didn't see it happen at all. I thought he was gonna you know be a free agent and try and go for a big contract next year. But
1: yeah. So on to the second part of Richard's question. Other than Jimmy, is there anybody you would accept a, an offer for? And he actually makes a point of saying George Kittle for a first
2: and a day three. Nah, there's no way I'm getting rid of George. Um, I know he's, he's saying because he's very regularly injured and it is something that's starting to be a bit of a concern with George, but I wouldn't get rid of him for anything. He's like kind of, you know, we're talking about looking for an identity and I think George gives us one uh, when he's on the field. So I just, I, he's becoming iconic for us I wouldn't trade him for pretty much anything I think at this point Um, I mean anybody's open at this point I think the only really two or three players that are uh, locked in is you know Fred Warner Um, obviously Buster because he's on a rookie contract you just wouldn't get rid of him and then I think Debo's earned the the right to not be traded Um, but and apart from that, and George obviously. Apart from that, I think anybody, if the offer is good, you just you just listen, don't you? Um, I don't see yeah. I, don't, I don't see why we would say no to you know anybody if we can get us some, especially a first round back right because we don't have one next year. So that's that's my take on it. Just make us some offers, people, and we'll see what, see what happens. Because that's one way. That's, that's one way to get rid of, you know, reduce your cap a little bit if you want to trade for somebody. Well,
1: you, you need to remember the cap's going to go up next season and the season yeah, after, yeah. and it's going to be significant no, I'm, rises.
2: I'm talking, you know, trading so they can play this year and get paid this year. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. kind of thing, so, yeah.
3: Well, I think there's there's a, there's a few players that come to mind, and they're, they're kind of the players that you think, uh, when they're out of contract at the end of the season, are we going to pay them again? Um, if, if he hadn't got injured, and you know Mitchell and Sermon had done well, I thought that Mostert might have been tradable. Yeah. I thought another team might, uh, you know, had lost a uh, star running back might might have come in for him. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, it might come up with another question later. But if somebody offered us something for Mike McGlinchey, I don't know if we're going <laughs> to pay him after after this season. The sort of money he's probably going to be looking for. Um, although I'm surprised you missed this one, Nadji. But Jimmy Ward,
2: I think. Oh he is- no, I would I would sell him for nothing. He can go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, there we go. So so there's Ward. Um,
3: I think I mean that's that's all about the the that really springs to springs to mind because I, I think those those are some guys that would, perhaps won't be won't necessarily be on the team or won't be won't have another contract with the Niners. So if you can get something for them, it, it depends how this season goes. You don't necessarily want to lose starting players, even, even say McGlinchy in as a right starting right tackle in the middle of the season. But, um, I mean, I, I'm interested to see what Jalen Moore can do. Um, but I, I don't think McGlinchey is going to be at the top of many people's wish lists. What about you, Paul? Who do you uh, fancy ditching? Um,
0: no, nah, like like you like you've both said, the, the difficulty is at the moment,
3: we are a struggling
0: team. So in a trade scenario, like you've said, who are we going to give up? Obviously, we're not getting rid of Nadji's by all pro Fred. We're not getting rid of you by Trey. And then like Nadji said, it's, you'd look at the offer, wouldn't you? There's, there's no one I would say. Obviously, the Jimmy G talk's going to rumble on over the next couple of weeks. But dependent on what we get back. So I'll keep my answer short and sweet. What about you, Lee?
1: Um no, no i, I was actually gonna say Debo to be honest uh if if we wanna to trade anyone, I think Debo's got high value at the moment, yeah, but I wouldn't do it anyway, but he's the well, obvious well, one for me to 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 get the biggest return, yeah, the biggest return without taking the biggest hit on the team itself because I think we can replace Debo a lot easier than the likes of Fred Warner. Or yeah. Kittle. So it just makes sense that Debo would be the the odd man out in that situation.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I just, it would have to be a really good offer because, he's you know, he's the lead receiving yeah. yard and some, you know, he's our offense right now. So I just, I don't see Kyle pulling the trigger on something like that. I think. Yeah, there would have to awesome. be uh, some some crazy offer from somebody in the AFC, so we never see him ever again as well. I mean, yeah. because you know there's now. But I mean, so to, to the question to go back to Jimmy, because I mean, that's that's kind of why the question is hinted at, isn't it? So, what well, what would you what would you accept for for him? Um, at least is where we go. Uh, less well, Gareth, what would you accept? What's your uh, cool.
3: Minimum I mean, offer, I guess. The, thing, the thing about trades, it's all about leverage, and everyone knows mm-hmm. we're moving on from Jimmy, so we've got no leverage. So, so literally, and and to be honest, the way Jimmy's been and with his injury history, I, I think we'd be lucky to get a sixth round pick
2: for him. But because I can some, see somebody like, like somebody like the Pan, the Panthers will clearly are limited by Sam Donald. I think they've shown it. It's shown it the past couple of weeks. They could have won if it wasn't for him. Um, if you know, because they're playing in this weird division where you know the Falcons are not very good, the Saints are kind of figuring themselves out, and um for the fourth team now. But um oh, it's the Bucks. So you kind of have to, you kind of have mm. to keep up with the Bucks. But there's a chance you make it to the playoff. Do you, you know, if Jimmy plays well, do you pull a trade to kind of upgrade your? Your quarterback can make the leap, or something. because I think Jimmy is better than Sam Donald and would take it kind of, that kind of offense to the next level. I think, but yeah, so you know, we do have a little bit of leverage, especially if he plays well in the next couple of games, which I think he'll play.
3: I think the, the, the leverage is limited because someone someone yeah, has yeah. to Jimmy's current contract, and I, I'm not sure that there's a team out there who would be who would think Jimmy is our main guy. There's people that, like I said, the Panthers could have him. But would they would they sort of apply what leverage they could because they could also just find potentially look for the draft or, or potentially look at someone else or give Darnold another year. I don't I would don't think there's anybody out there who would be set on we can't miss out on being the guys who get Jimmy. And, and I think a lot of people know he might get cut in the off season anyway, if if, if Lance does continue to, to, to grow and, and be the guy, then there's a chance with the cap situation we'll just have to let him walk anyway um, and then he becomes a lot more attractive because I doubt someone is is necessarily going to be wanting to pay Jimmy his his last year of his current contract so he's got to go to somewhere where they can rework that um, and I, I don't know that he's going to get that kind of money bluntly and he's, also got, the no, he's got the no trade clause as well um, and obviously yeah, like you said
0: there uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, well, I know that echo question, but we're, we're sat here thinking, you know, looking at part, people that could go. We've also got to remember, Gareth just said there, open secret, he's probably not gonna be 49 next year. You're telling me him and his agent aren't putting the feelers out. You know, would yeah. it surprise any of us to see Jimmy Garoppolo rock up as a free agent at the Patriots for argument's sake? Washington football team next year have got sixty-five yeah. million in cap space they might be looking for a new identity. It also depends on Jimmy's injury, how he plays. But it was a good question from Richard. I did, like you said, you scratch your head and you think, oh, if you turn the salary cap off like you do on Madden and you can just trade for anyone. <laughs> but it doesn't work like that in the NFL, I'm afraid. Nope.
1: All right, I'm going to drop down to a question which I think will be very easy to answer because it's not something you generally look into this time of year. Um, Connor Charlton is asking, maybe too early to look into – any players are taking a shine for next year's draft
2: <laughs> natty i mean it's really difficult the two reasons eight really early in in the, you know in a college in a college game uh it's only been well, four weeks five weeks um and i don't know it's a bit of a weird it's a weird season and don't i don't think anybody's uh, Tearing up the charts. I mean, like George is winning as a team kind of thing, and that's why they're number one right now. Until you know they get beat by Alabama soon. Um, also, there's the, the new Neil. You know, the the fact that players can sell their image and, and all that kind of stuff. It's almost very. It's very difficult to see if some players are gonna you know get eligible for a draft and attend it. At, you know, enter it because they can make more money staying an extra year in college, play until the senior year and then go to the NFL. You know, especially basically players from the second round onward who don't make nowhere near as much as as they could with the the new policies. Um, You know, if you're a superstar whatever position you play in your college um, and you're getting I don't know, four, five, six million dollars a year, you're going to do that one more year rather than get drafted in the third round and make, you know, one or two, maybe if you make the team, you know, it's, it's very, so it's very difficult to see who's going to be eligible. Um, But, you know, I, if I have to choose one player that I wish we, uh, we draft next year, it'll be Troy Dye. I mean, I'm an Oregon fan and I I watched a few games of Oregon and I just think he's awesome. He's he's a running back, which we'll need uh, next year, I think. Um, As you said, Gareth, you know, I don't think we will resign most, not for that money anyway. Um, and he's had the blinder against against Kyle. uh the they often struggle, and he kind of put it on his back. And he's just an awesome runner, like fast and strong, and he's always played; he's never injured, which you know is kind of what we need these days. Um, Lee, do you have a player in mind? Definitely not Spencer Rattler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <definitely laughs> Who does nothing. he play for? Yeah, he plays Oklahoma. For a yeah. Um, Supposed to be number one for sure, and he's he's having a horrible season. He's really not playing well at all. Um, I thought he was a
1: Stanford he's been man, actually. No, no, yeah, yeah. he's been yeah, benched, definitely so. not Stanford. <laughs> um, I've got I've got two names in mind. Um, Go on then. Ty e. Smith from West Virginia. He's a safety, and he's yeah. he's a perfect replacement for K1 Williams. And the other one is um, ventral Miller, who's a linebacker for Florida. And he's a linebacker that reminds us a very lot of Navarro Bowman. He's very good in coverage and very good against the run. He's quick. He's a decent size. And I think it's it's an old-style body to him for a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah? So those two players there... I, okay. I, I think yeah I think they're a decent uh, player to look for I don't think Ventron Miller is going to be there by the second round when we pick
2: yeah that's the um, thing as well we, we're we picking second who knows yeah. who knows what's going to be left
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly I think Tanky Smith will be there but not Ventron Miller um, tell you what
2: I watched uh, I watched Iowa Purdue this week uh, this weekend and um, Benson number 44 Iowa uh, linebacker he's, he's awesome um, we might need some linebackers maybe he'll drop kind of a Old-school type, quite, you know, thick guy, big guy, but all over the field. He played a good game despite them losing. Um, But, yeah, that that kind of guy. It's the same as the guy from Florida you mentioned. You know, kind of old-school, bigger, but fast and everywhere.
1: Okay, so on to the next question. I think, again, this is going to be a really quick question to answer. In a team with so many pending free agents and holes to fill, is the likely Bosa extension really worth so much of our cap space? Is it not best to trade him now while he has some huge value? And um, that's being asked by Mark Armand.
2: Uh No, elite pass rushers—you pay them and you keep them because yeah. they make your defense. It's I agree simple. with that
1: one hundred percent. It is as easy <laughs> as that. No, it's, that simple. It, it's it's definitely worth paying him the extension.
2: Yeah, they they just so the way you explain it is the money you give that guy you save it by looking for players to be good behind him. You just put guys that are slightly above average behind him and he'll make them look good because he's that good. Um, So I hope he can make strides to become that that guy and I think he's showing it this year that he can. It's only his second year playing, really. So he's got a lot of room to grow and he's already, I think, miles ahead of where his brother was. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, no, no question. You pay pay the man. Just give him some money, all the money. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Gareth, do you agree?
3: Yeah, totally. Nothing, nothing more to say. You, uh, uh, every everybody is looking for a player like Bosa. So when you get him, yeah. you pay. It's a position you pay. It's that's why it's second highest paid, really, behind the uh, quarterback. Right, yeah. you, 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 everyone's looking for him. We got him, so you don't let him go. If he's happy, you keep him. That's
0: right. Paul, yeah, oh, no, hundred percent agree with both. He's like Lee said, the salary cap's gone up. You don't have to read Nick bossa Simple.
1: Okay, so under a question that I think Gareth's going to like, mm-hmm. Aaron Harvey would like to know why Mike McClinchy is still on the team. <laughs> do, you
2: want, do, you want, do you want to answer that one? I think there's, there's, it's, there's it's quite simple. What it boils down to is his rookie contract. It's because he's cheap. That's
1: why. Yeah. Well, he's <laughs> cheap and there's nobody better we can get at the moment We're without without compromising part of our game because he's there for the run game and he is very good at doing that as being part of the run game. He's just crap in pass protection. So it's, it's a better, uh, better the devil you know situation. We can bring in somebody who is fantastic at pass protection and there's our run game gone because we don't have McClinchy there. Yeah, so it so. swings in roundabouts at the moment. There's nobody better or cheaper <laughs> or cheaper, yeah, because he is cheap. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you what, this will go back to another one of my rants. But if I was Kyle Shanahan, I'd be turning around saying, You know what, you know what, Mike? I think it's really good that you've come out as a vegan and that's your lifestyle you've chosen. Go somewhere else and be a vegan because it's <laughs> affecting your game. You need to bulk up and you need to stop <laughs> being bull rushed all the time. Because that's the problem. I mean, he's come back so light. He, he's not a lineman. He's not an offensive lineman with that build.
2: No, he's like a big tight end almost, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the, you know, the, the question is,
3: why, why is he still there? And it's, it's ultimately, we invested a huge amount of draft capital, a top 10 draft pick, in a guy at that time that's where the plan was, we can train him up for a couple of years and then he can replace Joe Staley on the left. And I think the, Trent, the trade for Trent Williams showed that, you know, McGlinchy's never got there and, and, and doesn't seem to get any better. As you said, he, he has been good in the, in the run game, but is that, is that unique? Is there, with the coaching and with the scheme, could other guys do that Be job? But yeah. well,
1: well? you look at the size of um, Williams at left tackle there, and, you, you know, you can get a guy as big as him, Running down the uh, field, blocking people on runs. We don't need McClinchy there. We don't need a skinny guy like that on our line. He's he's going to get our quarterback killed. He is. Get rid of him. Get um, get rid of him or buy him a burger. <laughs> 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 a, a burger's probably easier and cheaper.
3: <laughs> Back to the question: is why is he still there? And partly it's the money, and partly it's yeah, we did have the fifth round pick, but I think it does. You can look at it in the positive way that that Shanahan has shown a lot of faith with players that he's drafted. And I think that's that clearly that's something good in the locker room. But you can look at that in a negative way, that Shanahan's been stubborn and not wanting perhaps to admit that some of his draft picks haven't worked out. So yeah, see that's true. stick with players who who have, have completed their rookie contracts and then be gone. I mean, well, Pettis didn't even do that, but Trent Taylor, uh, C.J. Bethard, others that Shanahan publicly kept faith with, I can see that's great in the locker room. But it, to me, they're, they're, there's an element there of maybe a, a, an inability to perhaps accept that you might have whiffed on that draft pick and you've just got to ditch them and move on because it's a brutal game, the NFL, and it's, it's nothing against individual players. But that's what you do. Um, yeah. And you know McGlinchey. You want a left tackle if you're taking a top ten draft pick. Really, not not a serviceable uh, you know right tackle. Right Someone tackle. That's a, true. Pro Bowl selectors. You know, if you're getting a Pro he's, Bowl guard or something with a top ten pick,
2: okay. But he's is he on his fifth year option right he now?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: That's yeah. Okay. So I'd, So the question is, do we keep him next year? No. Because I, I are, think... are we going to be able to find somebody to replace him? That's, that's the real question. Somebody better or, or cheaper than what he's going to want. That's
3: Well, J- Jalen Moore's a possibility. Or, you know, you should yeah. be able to pick up the starting or a good offensive lineman with your second round pick. And, uh, you know, yeah. maybe that comes back to where's Aaron Banks this year. But that's a, that's a different question. That's a different question, indeed.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the answer to uh, part four of the next question. <laughs> See, I
3: think
0: before you go on the next one, Lee, I think the reason why it gets highlighted is because of Lake and Tomlinson and Trent Williams are so good. And when you look at the where the rank eighth in pass blocking, fifth in run blocking according to pro football focus, they've only allowed 22 combined pressures by McGlinchey and Brunskill. I mean, that is concerning itself, but it stands out more like, you just said you know, on yourself, you've got Trent Williams sprinting down there, shoving the guy out. And I think when we're doing the run, players, go to Trent's side don't go to Mike McGlinchey's but I do think like Gareth said he's here because of his contract and I don't think he'll be here next year
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't think he'll be here next year either
2: Unless he takes a pay cut, you, you never know Um he's probably going to test the free agent market and if nobody comes knocking he might come back on a, on a cheap deal and then we we can look to upgrade slowly rather than Put somebody brand new in in that position but i i think i agree with you paul i think he looks the thing with mc is when he gets beat it, it's it looks horrible um and 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 he's pretty much the only one with brunskill that gets beat consistently and that's where he gets the brunt of the uh you know the criticism the frustrations but, yeah yeah the, i think the frustration of the, the entire line goes on his shoulder which and it's not over a few years as well, um, you know. So, you, you, let's not. Yeah. Yeah, he
3: does get. You know, if he's seen as the weakest link, he is going to get victimized by the defensive coordinators. That yeah. you're not going to be your best pass rusher on on Trent Williams' side. You're, you're going to put just a body there to keep Trent busy, and you're going to you're going to press the other side. So, I think you know part of that is is they are getting targeted. Um, but it is. It's also. It seems to be. It's the holding
2: and the full starts as well. Yeah, which, yeah that's you know, true. Yeah, the discipline definitely has to to get better. But that's something you you, you know. I mean, I guess is in year five now. So
1: okay. So under the last question, the last question is from James Evans, and it's actually four questions. So mm-hmm. which of the twenty twenty one rookies has shown enough to suggest to have a fruitful career? Which have impressed so far? Who do you want to see more of, and who is underwhelmed?
2: How long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who's impressed so far? Um, I think Lenore is. I think we'll all agree is, yeah. is at the top of the list. Yeah. Even though he's not playing anyone near as he sh- enough as he should. Um, Elijah Mitchell. I-, I think Mitchell. Yeah. Although I still have reserves. I think he's. Benefiting from very good blocking up front, um, he has yet to break a big one. Which you know, with the amount of carries I had, I think you know, uh, Brahim or or Jamaicanized, you might have. Um, I've I've been impressed with Sam. And, Yard in, uh, in uh, was it close to thirty
3: yards against the Lions? Yeah, thirty
2: yards. Yeah, that's true. That's true. No, I mean he's played well. He's played well, especially for a what was it undrafted? No, sixth round. Fifth or six, six, six rounds, six
1: round. Yeah.
2: yeah. So yeah, he's played well for them. Um I mean, I'm I've been impressed with how Sermon's running. I just think he hasn't had the chance to, you know, carry the load, he's had what five carries, six carries at the max. It's it's hard getting in a game if,
1: if you don't touch it more often. But yeah. and, so, uh, Hufanger, Hufanger, I, every time yeah. he's on the field, yeah. Um uh, and that's the answer forward. to the next question for me. Who do you want to see more of? Herfanger. Mm, yeah. fanger yeah. and Lenore. Mm. And Sermon, and,
3: Sermon. <laughs> and Mitchell, and, and Sons, which is a, a guy you've not mentioned who, yeah, has has impressed me so far, given where he is, and someone I want to see more of. I think we talked about it, Lee, in um, after the
0: Cardinals game when we said Trey did a lot of running. We were all surprised that Trey Sermon and Mitchell weren't featured more especially like Nadia said, Trey Sermon, you know, third round pick. Everything was expected, his violent running style. We want to see that more. Mm. I would say he's holding steady. Out of the two, I'd say Mitchell is impressed more than Sermon. But, I mean, Aaron Banks, is he going to play this season? Uh, he's mentioned because what is, what is going he's on? a Ram two. Fact, we've just talked about Mike McGlinchey. We've talked about the offensive line. Aaron Banks...
1: Uh, Complete waste of the draft. For me... Him. He, he yeah. cost us Paulson pulse on the Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: but because well, well
1: so. Asante
2: Samuel, Asante Samuel, yeah. I mean, let's yeah, not, yeah. Samuel. Let's not bury the game before he even frigging stood up and show. No, us no right I'm happy to bury. Him, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I in the think the second thing
0: round. Is Nadji. I think the thing is, Nadji. Sorry, Lee, uh, we we're aware we've not got a first round pick next year or the year after, mm-hmm. and like you've said know, there, I mean, there was other need. We talked about the in the preview show before the draft, and I think we were all expecting. oh, someone for the offensive line, going along the theme of the running back he selected and the quarterback. So you're right, until he's got on the field, it's just a bit surprising at the moment. Like I said to Lee, he's rock bottom for me on, on the grade and if that's how we're going to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, same for me. And It's, and, it's uh, really and disappointing because he did actually look good on, on tape on, on YouTube when he played for Notre Dame. He, he looked really good. So it's, it's very surprising that he just hasn't made any impression whatsoever on the team. Yeah. It's, maybe um,
3: it's it's grasping the playbook and that understanding, that deep understanding of the playbook rather than the you know, the physical performance if you see. Maybe he's he's struggled to uh you know, to get to grips with that side of it. Maybe. Um, you know. I also don't know.
2: The, uh, the, there's so many things that can could be wrong. And maybe he's one of those Covid anti vaxxer and he's, that's why he's not on a team. You know, it was, who knows, right? Um I I just I want to see him play before I make any judgment, if he ever plays. <laughs> but yeah, as, as of now, being a second round, um, when you see what other second round picker around the league are doing, it's a bit, yeah.
0: What about yeah. the main man? We haven't touched upon Gareth by Trey Lance. Are we happy? Unhappy? Very happy. Very happy. And uh,
2: yeah,
1: what, um, what I so I mean, I I'm, do want to see more of them, though. I'm not going to say very happy because that would suggest he's playing better than what I expect him to play. And in the moment, he's he's doing pretty much what I would expect. He's he's had some. Let's be honest. He has had some horrible throws. Yes. Let's let's not go get away from that. He's had some good throws. He's had some awful throws. So I think he to me, for where he's at in his career, he looks exactly like I expect him to look. I don't think he's a starting quarterback yet. I think we're riding Jimmy until either somebody comes in with a trade offer or Lance makes that step up. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm neither happy or unhappy. It, he is meeting my expectation.
3: There was yeah. uh, some somebody I don't know who it was. Somebody had tweeted. I think one of the uh, at one of the sort of main NFL press guys, and and he sort of picked it up as as the best description of Trey Lance in pre-season where the guy described him as simultaneously better and worse than I expected. And I think that, that kind of summed it up to me as well. The good, yeah. the good is really good and the bad is really bad. Yeah. And, I mean, we've talked about we've not got
0: any first-round picks. Maybe we just pick in round five and six moving forward because we don't seem to do too <laughs> bad in those rounds. <laughs> well, I don't know. We
1: picked up Colton McKivitt in uh, round five. He didn't work out well. Another O-lineman that uh, is, is languishing in our practice squad. And we paying him twice because we cut him. So we've got dead money that we still have to pay him. And then we've re-signed him to the practice squad. So he's getting paid twice from us.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep.
3: yep, but, yep. But the last guy we've not mentioned is Ambry Thomas, the corner we mm. took in third round, who's I think was a healthy scratch a couple of times and has, has maybe done a few special teams, Snaps, and that's been about it. So again, from from a from another high round pick, you're I know he he, he hadn't played for a year, but you're, you you know you've got to, to expect expect some production, even if it's special teams.
2: Game Team
1: or not, I hadn't played for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: But yeah, that's you know we're not paying these guys that much money. Let's let's see maybe next year they come in and tear the league. You you yes. never know. You got
3: to, you got the Maybe some of these guys will will come through, but you know, right now as it as it stands, yeah,
2: yeah
3: it doesn't it's, it's look like in. a particularly perhaps Trey Lance aside, it doesn't look like a particularly great draft. Though no. you know, no, and Mitchell, I think are probably the uh, the other two stand out so far, and and Lenore, um, yeah. if he's allowed to play again, yeah. I think, as, as Lee said, you know, what's the point of of paying a or paying and playing a veteran corner to get burnt? You may as well have um, a cheap rookie, a rookie game, game but yeah. at least there's yeah. a chance it's going to get better.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, that is all the questions, and we're now on forty six minutes. Nice. So that, that's not a bad um, episode for the bye week. Not bad. Not bad. Thanks again, guys, for joining me.
2: Thank you
3: pleasure You're welcome. good questions thanks to those who uh took the time to chuck them in the um
1: yeah much appreciated yeah. as was the feedback um yeah. i think that's probably the most feedback we've ever had to be honest mm. so yeah. th- that was quite good to get that mm. at least we know we are doing something right so we, we can build on that
2: yeah keep it coming yeah, yeah if you definitely. have suggestions and stuff and if you I need to speak less or more <laughs> definitely not more. <laughs> <laughs> or oh, run or rant more. I'm gonna say yeah. Laughing.
0: They all want Lee. Yeah. They're like Lee, 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 Lee <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: More rant, more rant, more rant.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? The, the thing that we didn't talk about last week was John Lynch. So I think mm. I'll save that for another episode and we'll talk about se- John Lynch. Season. Because yeah. that, that's a difficult one, that one. And I'll explain why in another episode. Right. Thanks again to everyone that listens to the show. Remember to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for Forty Nine Faithful UK. Until next time, stay safe and go niners. Go niners. Go niners.
0: San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart, like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff Farm going 99, don't get it twisted, one it all, with five prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bell, Belichick, with all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.